give Jesus a hand clap of praise today? He is truly worthy of the praise, and he deserves it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we adore you. We love you. We are just so grateful that you've given us an opportunity to come together again, to hear from you, to strengthen one another, to encourage one another, to equip one another, Lord. And we declare, even before we hear your word today, that you can have it all. We're laying it down before you right now, Lord, and we trust that you are able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And we declare the victory now in advance for all that you're going to, to do, that minds will be healed, that minds will be open, and hearts will be set free. And for that, we give you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, shout amen. Shout amen. Shout amen. Well, high five somebody on your way to your seat and just let them know that, that you're glad that they're here today. Awesome, awesome, awesome. It's so good to see everyone out here this morning at Life City Church. And I don't know about you, but when I wake up in the morning and I make a decision uh, to come to church, I come to, to really receive something from God, for God to do something in my life and in my mind and in my heart. And I just have an expectation that uh, my family situation and my heart situation and my mind situation and all of that will be changed and transformed when I get into the presence of God. Before we get into the message today, uh, for those of you who signed up or maybe you didn't, uh, after the service, we're going to be having our, um, our next steps right across the hall. Let's say we're just going to have an opportunity to share with you about the heart in the vision of Life City Church and how you can connect and be a part of that. Um, and, and just so we look forward to sharing with you a little bit about how we got here and the journey that God has brought us through along the way and how you can be involved in that. Because how many of you know that and I was sharing with our team this morning, after God does something in you, he wants to do something through you. Um, and so we're often in life, I shared last week, looking for success, but what God wants to do in our life is give us significance, um, and that starts with finding out our purpose. So we wanted to take some time to share that with you, and then just a reminder, next week we'll be uh, starting our city group, so I want you to definitely get connected uh, with a city group if you're not already, because you know, at the end of the day, you need somebody that you can connect with, and I say this every week, but you need uh, two or three friends that when you're going through it or you're struggling or, you know, when you're having a good time and you had a victory in your life and you, you need somebody to celebrate with you. How many of you know that's all right? Amen. And so we wrapped up a series last week on This Is Us. And this week we're beginning a new series called Life Upgrade. And it's all about when living in the past gets old. And when I thought about that word upgrade, and I just have to ask a question because how many of you are an Android Android users. Uh, one Android user in the house. All right. How many are iPhone users? Uh, iPhone users are representing today. And, and sometimes this, this, for me anyway, this issue of upgrading is so frustrating to me because right when you need to do something on your phone or need to get something accomplished, accomplished how many of you, you know sometimes it slows down and you can't do what you need it to do and then you'll get this message. This will something to the effect of this will work better um, when you install the latest software or upgrade. How many of you, like me, I, for weeks I'll hit the button that says, remind me later? <laughs> because the upgrade right now is an inconvenience to me. I'm in here by myself. But anyway, 
because y'all do the upgrade right then all the time. But me and Grace, we wait. Anyway, <laughs> um, but the reality is this, is that the very thing sometimes that we feel, that we feel is an inconvenience and is slowing us down, if we actually take the time to do it, um, we, some things in our life will begin to accelerate and they'll begin to move forward. Um, and so this series, this next four weeks, the entire month, four or five weeks, is really about let's, get, let's finally get past um, our past and the things that are slowing us down. And one of the things that we have to learn in order to do that is how to live from the inside out. And this will make more sense to you as the message goes forward. But Mother Teresa said something very interesting. She said, uh, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow has yet to come. We have only today. Let us begin. How many of you know that there's some things in our life that you just simply have to start? You have to start. Uh, procrastination um, is, is the enemy of progress. So there's some things that, that you just have to start. You can't wait for conditions to be perfect. You can't wait for everything to be going your way to really start. You just got to get started today. And one of the things that I want to encourage everyone in the room today is this. One of the things that you have to do today is start letting go of yesterday. You have to start letting go of yesterday. Uh, Dr. Henry T. Cloud said something. He said, things can hurt and not harm us. In fact, they can even be good for us. And things that feel good can often be harmful to us. So the reason, one of the reasons that I want to encourage us to, to begin to let go of the past is because how many of you have past hurts, some things that, that have hurt you and wounded you in the past? And I share this illustration often because I think we can all identify with it, but sometimes you'll get like a bruise or a, 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 a wound or a scratch, and that thing hurts, and you begin to bandage it and, and cover it. And what happens is whenever somebody, you ever had somebody you were hurt and they accidentally bumped into the spot that was hurt and in your mind you were saying some unkind things about them because they accidentally touched you in the place that was causing you the most pain at the time. But our life is like that. Whenever people begin to, to touch on those areas that are painful to us, those areas that really the bandage needs to come off and it needs to be exposed so it can be healed, we get upset with them. Uh, it's quiet in here, but that's okay. That's okay. I know it's me uh, many times when people begin to start to scratch the surface of something that I need to deal with. You know, that, that wall will come up a little bit because I may not be ready to deal with it right then. But if I deal with it, say deal with it. If I deal with it, I know that I can begin to move forward. As I was preparing for this message and seeking God on this, um, one of the things that he was telling me was, um, and, and don't, don't take that weird. I just believe that when you pray and seek God, he'll deal with you and he'll, he'll speak to you. So one of the things he was dealing with me is like, Shannon, you got to start where I start. Hmm. You ever think about that? How many of you want to start at the finish line in your life sometimes? I know what God promised me. I know what God has for me. So how about we just pass all the struggles, all the tests, all the trials, all the character building things, and let's just start at the finish line, and God, just go ahead and give me what you promised right now. My name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me. <laughs> but life doesn't work that way. There's some things that as we progress and we move forward in life and, and seek to live inside out, there's just some stuff that we have to deal with. There's just some stuff that we have to face. And so in Luke chapter 9, and this is a lengthy passage of scripture, but Luke chapter 9 and verse, I believe, somewhere around 57 is where we're starting. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. 
But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to even lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. And then we go on. There's yet another person. They said, yes, Lord, I'll follow you. But first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, and here's what I want you to think about. Anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. There's some things, there's, and I say this every week, every single one of you sitting in this room with breath in your body has purpose on your life. There's things that God wants to do in your life. There's places that he wants to take you in your life. But if you continue to look back and rehearse the past, it will be impossible for you to move forward. And so Jesus uses this illustration of uh, a man putting their hand to the plow and then trying to look back and essentially do it at the same time. And this is why this is significant, because if you're going to plow in that time, you need to be able to focus so you can plow in a straight line. And so it would be impossible if you're looking back to plow in a straight line and you begin to go all over the place. Think about our lives for a minute and how often we knew that on the inside that there was something that God wanted to do in our lives. There's, this, there's more for me than today and right now. There's just some stuff that God wants to do, but I keep on looking back. I keep remembering what people said about me. I keep remembering what people did to me. I keep remembering how they hurt me, how they lied, how they accused me, how they took... Um, um, they, they questioned my motives. And have you, you ever been there where, where you were trying to do something good, but somebody said, well, I don't know what you really want, or they're questioning your motives, and you're sitting there, and you're like, no, I just, I just want to help. I just want to be part of it. I just want to help push things forward. But, you know, for me, if I could be real, there's not a lot of things that offend me and a lot of things that hurt me. But one thing that, that does at the core of my being hurt my heart is when I'm sincerely trying to help someone and my motives are questioned. It just, it just, I, I wish I could sit here and say, I'm a pastor, I'm perfect, I don't ever get hurt, but, but when my motives are questioned, it, it takes me a little bit maybe to recover. I'm, a, I'm able to bounce back and, and do it, but it's hard for me. And there's things in your life that are hard for you, but it's not an excuse to stay where you are. All of these people that, um, you know, Jesus either asked to follow or they said, hey, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. When Jesus said, look, there's no promises, there's no guarantees other than my presence, I'm going to be with you, they began to make excuses. Here's what I want you to know about excuses. Excuses are the enemy of progress. Excuses are the enemy of progress. Now, this is the hard part, and the hard pill for us to swallow is the second part. Even a good excuse, come on, even a good excuse is still an excuse. If it's hindering you, if an excuse is hindering you, even if it's a good one, it's still an excuse and it's still something that's holding you back. And so what I want you to begin to do, what I want to begin to challenge us to do as we are dealing with the past and trying to deal with the past properly is stop making excuses. Write that down. You act, we are, I like to act like I can remember a lot of things, but this is something that needs to be on our mirror or in our journal. We simply have to stop making excuses when it comes to dealing with and eventually forgetting the past. You say, you don't know what I've been through, preacher. You don't know what I've been through, pastor. 
I, I sympathize with what we've all been through, but I want you to be everything that God wants you to be more than I want you to live in your past. You can't, we, we have to begin to learn from the past, but choose not to live there. Write that down. If you're taking notes, we learn from the past, but we can't live there. And so there's things that, that, that you've experienced as God's been dealing with you in your life and you've gone through. Okay, you've learned. I won't do that anymore. You, you have any of those moments? I have some things written down. I'm like, I'm never making that decision again. How many of you are like, I'm never buying that again? Mm, it's quiet in here. Everybody's always spent their money the right way. But, but, you know, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that again. I think about how many married in a relationship in the room? How many of you know sometimes communication doesn't always go the way you want it? And if you're that person that has figured it out, please come help the pastor. <laughs> because I have this, if you've met my, my wife and have spent any time with, is she in the room? She's back there? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> if you've met her, me and her are about as different as East is from West in every conceivable possible way except our passion for Jesus and our love for the Lord, which, which I so value. But when you're different, how many of you know communication didn't always kind of go the, the way you want it? And so sometimes if you're, if you're a husband, wives not so much, but we need to take some more time to think before we actually say certain things. And sometimes we'll, I'll, I'll get in a conversation and in my mind I'm like, okay, here's something that I just need to get this right here and it's not going to be a big deal. But as soon as the words are leaving my mouth, I'm like, this is just not going to end well <laughs> at all. But I say that because after that happens, man or woman in this particular relationship, what will happen is we'll say, I didn't mean to say it, but... And so the excuse doesn't change the result of the conversation. Only confession and repentance changes the result of the conversation. Amen? And so when we're dealing with things and mistakes and anything that we do, um, we don't want to make excuses. We want to make changes. I know this is tough, but we'll move forward if we really grasp this. Uh, excuses, again, are the enemy of progress, and even a good excuse is still just an excuse. Paul said something very interesting in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things. There's some things in, in, in my life, Paul is saying, that I'm searching for that God has for me, but I don't mean to say that I've achieved them already or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now keep it right here for a second. Keep it where you had it on the slide. This is very important. Some things, if we're going to possess them in life and that God has for us, we simply have to press through. They're not, they're not easy. We're going to have to press through some struggle. We're going to have to press through some mindsets. Your past is the future by which, or is the filter by which you view your world. This is, is so critically important to understand. So when you deal with things in life and you go through things in your life and you meet people in your life, what happens is, is you, you talk to them, you deal with them, and you relate to them based on the filters of your past. That's why we have to deal with it. How many of you, 
if you were honest enough, and there's not, I don't think there's many kids in the room, if you're honest enough, even in your relationship, sometimes you deal with your present relationship based on the way the past treated you. Let me bring it home a little bit more. If you've ever seen somebody who's dealt with any type of, of physical abuse, you know, where they've been hit or things like that, you could go and reach to just hug them and they, sometimes they'll do like this. Why? I'm not criticizing it, but there's, there's a reminder in some of that to the past. Let me go further. There's some times where people will say things to you that are meant for your good, but because someone else criticized you in your life, your entire life, you begin to think that everybody is viewing you that way and everybody's criticizing you that way. So that's why it's, it's, it's so important for us to properly deal with the past. But to press and possess what God has for us in our life, we have to press through all of that. Paul didn't stop there. And he said, no, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Here's the principle. You cannot hold hands with your past and your future at the same time. Here's what happens. If my past is over here, my future is over here, and I'm holding hands with my past and my future, I can't move. They're both pulling me. Something, uh, my calling and my future, the destiny that God has for me is pulling me one way, but my past is saying you can't make it. You'll never, you'll never be anything. You'll never achieve anything. It's always going to be the same way. You ever had voices like that in your life or it's just me? It's always going to be this way. It's never going to be different. Um, every relationship's going to be the same way. Every friendship's going to be the same way. No, this is what Paul says. I'm focusing on forgetting. I want us to have a chance to think about it. Because forgetting is not passive. Forgetting is a decision. And he says, I'm focusing on this one thing. Forgetting the past. And pressing on to what's in front of me. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. And what I tell people is this, is when you're struggling and when you're going through something in your life and when the thoughts of the past begin to crowd you like crazy, you ever had those attacks when you're by yourself and then your mind is just talking? It's just, just constantly rewinding the same things over and over again. The only answer to that is I've got to have something in front of me that's bigger than where I've been. I've got to have something in front of me that's bigger than the past test that I've been through. And I've got to begin to perceive and look at the things that I'm dealing with in my life a different way. Okay, I did go through this. I did. I admit it. I went through this. I failed in this area. I messed up in this area. I messed up repeatedly in this area. But how many of you thank God for the blood of Jesus? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Because it doesn't wash away some of our sins. It wash away every, every mistake, every failure, every word, everything that we've done that hasn't been pleasing to God has been covered by the blood of Jesus. And so I had to begin to tell myself in my own life, because I used to rehearse mistakes that I made, and I said, wait a minute, why am I rehearsing something that God forgot? Ah, oh, that needs to go on somebody's mirror too, on a sticky note. Why do I keep rehearsing what God has already forgotten? If God doesn't remember it, you don't have any business remembering it. Some of us have an easier time forgiving, believe it or not, forgiving others than we do ourselves. Hmm. Quiet in here. You know, somebody could just do you wrong over and over again, and they, they come to you, 
repenting and, and in tears. I'm sorry, please forgive me. And you're okay with that. It's all right. I love you. We'll, we'll get past this. But some of us has the most difficult time when it comes to the things that we have done. But we need to begin to forgive ourselves today. Let's go to the book of Hebrews just quickly. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. How many of you know there's people who've lived it before us? Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. How many of you know you have a race that God has given you to run? I want this to be the first day that you stop comparing your life to the life that other people have. Stop comparing your life to other people's cliff notes on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Stop comparing the fact that their family has it all together and it just seems like we're still trying to figure it out. Stop comparing your marriage or your relationship to somebody else's. Stop, stop dwelling on the fact that things may not have worked out the way you wanted them to and start focusing on the fact that you're still here, you're still breathing, you're still standing. God still has purpose for your life. Yes, I have some battle scars and some wounds, but my God who has all power in his hands has brought me through it all. See, we've got to begin to learn to celebrate the victories that God has given in our life. And sometimes victory doesn't feel like victory. Victory feels like I'm still standing. I'm still surviving the enemy through every possible thing that he could throw at me. And guess what, devil? I'm still here. I haven't gotten it all right. I haven't, I haven't always said the right thing. I haven't always done the right thing. I haven't always treated people right. But you know what? At the end of the day, with every bruise that he's put on me, every scar that he's put on me, every test that he's thrown my way, everything I didn't get right, the hundred times that I fell flat on my own face, I'm still standing. I'm still trusting God. I'm still walking by faith. I'm still believing God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all he could ask, think, or imagine. The enemy desires to both slow us down and trip us up. And so that's why Paul says in Hebrews, let us strip it off. Strip off everything that weighs us down. Let's get rid of everything that hinders us. And let me tell you, the hindrance sometimes, because of what we're going through in our life, we think that the hindrances that we're dealing with are material things. Lord, if I had more money, I could do more. God, if I had this job, I could do more. If my relationship was this way, I could do more. But let me tell you something. The battle and the things that are weighing each of us down are not material. They're up here. They're in our mind. They're things that we have to deal with. They're mindsets that we have to deal with. God, I don't know how I'm going to win. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know how I'm going to uh, press through this. And we have to begin to be, talk to ourselves and see what God says about us. Things like, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So the things that the enemy keeps saying in my mind, I can't do and I'll never do. God says I can do and I will do. So many people, you know, we face these mountains in our life and we focus on the mountain instead of the fact that we have and, know the, and have a relationship with a mountain mover. Oh, man, I... I uh, I know Sean's going to get mad at me. I, I got to stay on my notes here, but I just feel this, that, you know, we get so focused on how big this mountain is, and God told us that, that all we got to do is begin to speak to these mountains. You know, and the, mount, the biggest mountains are not the ones that we see. They're the mountains right here. I'm never going to have a relationship that works out. 
Let me get more personal because I know this doesn't happen in church, but I'm never going to get past this addiction that I have that nobody knows about. I'm never going to be able to succeed and have a functional uh, relationship anymore. Mountain, mountain, mountain. But don't focus all of that because honestly, it's not your job to move it anyway. But know, God, I've got a relationship with you that I've built. And because I've built this relationship with you, I'm trusting you to move this out of the way. And Lord, here it is. This is me, not much of me. But here's my addiction. Here it is. It's out there. I give it to you now. I've got nothing to hide, Lord. Here it is. Help me. Help me get free from it. Help me get delivered from it. The enemy desires to both slow us down and trip us up. The skill of forgetting requires the discipline of focus. The skill of forgetting, it requires discipline of focus. Why? Because what I focus on is what I will pursue. What I focus on is what I will pursue. As long as you focus on your past, you're going to keep going back there. And the danger in that, I promise you I'll be through in a little bit, but the danger in that is that you tend to misremember the past or remember it the wrong way. You begin to think that things in your past were better than they actually were. The children of Israel had this problem. Every time they faced a challenge in their life, they began to say, hey, take us back to Egypt because at least there we got to eat whatever we wanted and life was great. No, it wasn't great. You were in bondage and miserable. That's why you were crying out to God to get you out of there. See, the test and the walls and the things that the enemy tries to bring in your life, he brings them in your life so that you'll go backwards. For four weeks now, I've said the same thing and I want to say it till it sticks. The enemy is not all-knowing. He's not all-knowing, so what he does is he just throws stuff and sees what's going to stick. He sees, okay, this will make them give up, so I'm just going to keep on doing it. You know what? Somebody walks by them with a bad attitude and they just say, you know, they just throw up their hands. So I'll just keep having people walk by them with a bad attitude. Every time they have a financial test, they quit. So guess what? I'll just keep doing that. See, that's how the enemy works in our life. But focus is the foundation of direction. So when I focus on the right things, I'll begin, my life will begin to move in the right direction. And here's what 1 Peter says, 1 Peter 3, 4. You should clothe your, yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. Living from the inside out, how do we do that? We have to let our life be bigger than our words. Sometimes we come in church, we'll come in a gathering like this, and we know how to talk church. How many of you, you know what I mean when I say that? In other words, we, we know how to say, how, how are you doing? Well, the favor of God is on me, and I'm wonderful and blessed and highly, you know. <laughs> we, know we know all that, but inside we're struggling. How many of you had a battle before you came in here today in your mind? And heart? See, even before you got here, the enemy was trying to mess with your mind and mess with your heart. Our life has to be bigger than our words. And living from the inside out and, and overcoming the past, really the, the illustration of relationship is so very important. That's why I'm using First Peter. But it says in the, uh, the same way you wives must accept the authority of your husbands, then even if some refuse to 
obey the good news, your godly lives will speak to them without any words and they will be won over. So one of the ways we, we live and we begin the progress in our life is we live by showing respect. See, so much when we talk about our life be, being bigger than our words um, and, and, and living by respect, people may not listen to what you say, but they will watch what you do. So you can go up there and say, hey, um, whatever it is that you, you can talk over and over again to try and encourage people and they may not get it and they may not seem like they're uh, responding to it. But let me tell you something, they're watching. They're watching what you're doing. They're watching what you're living. They're watching if there's consistency. And eventually, the hard heart will begin to crack. And you'll begin to see the tenderness that, that will be open to what God is doing. Verse 2 says, by observing your pure and reverent lives. And so we, we want to live by um, showing respect. But there's also something else we want to do as we move forward and move past the past is we want to do interior work. We want to do interior design work. Back to that verse that says you should close yourselves instead with humility, with the beauty that comes from within, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. So we want to do interior work. So much of what we do in this life, in every area of our life, in our homes, on our jobs, and even in church is so cosmetic. You know what I mean when I say cosmetic? It means that we dress up the outside and the inside we, we leave messed up. And so we want, to, we want to do interior design work. Next thing we want to do is we don't want to play dumb. I don't mean to be insulting, but you don't need somebody to tell you, hey, God said this is wrong in your life. How many of you, me, when I'm wrong, I know I'm wrong most of the time. How many of you be honest and say, look, I, I know I've got to work in this area. I know I've got to improve in this area. I know my, my mouth sometimes gets ahead of me, and I'm trying, and I'm asking God to help me. And see, mo most people, we, we know when we're wrong. So we don't need to play dumb. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner and God's gift of a new life. Treat her as you would so your prayers will not be hindered. Relationships. I, I keep using this illustration because when we think even about our relationship with God, they're not, it's not automatic. When we talk about don't, not playing dumb, it requires us to learn. I mean, we got to learn some things. If we're going to progress and get past our past and the, the constant things that have tripped us up, we've got to be willing to, to learn. This didn't work. It didn't work. It doesn't mean we sit in a pool of failure, but this didn't work. Okay, it's time for us to get back up again and try again. We, what do we need to learn to do? We need to learn to value, value each other. We need to learn to protect each other. We need to learn for, to, to pray for each other. As a believer, I promised a few minutes ago, I was winding down, but this is the real, if you know preachers and pastors, we got to wind down two, two times at least. So I'm on my second closing now. Anyway, I promise we'll be done shortly. We as believers have to create a default setting. What a default setting is, is that when things happen or things arise, and, and Sean will probably correct me when I'm wrong after this message, but they go back to a, a preset or a default uh, setting. And so our default setting needs to be a loving attitude. 
in all things in our life, we need to walk with a loving attitude. Uh, 1 Peter 3, 8 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Next thing we need to do is we need to speak words of blessing over ourselves, over the others that are in our life. How many of you know you can complain or you can bless? You can criticize or you can bless. It's so our words are so powerful. In our weakest moments, in our moments of the most struggle, what is spoken to us has such a profound impact on us. I don't know how many times I could tell you in my life I, I felt like I was at a point where I just wanted to quit and give up. I'm not talking about ministry. I'm talking about just give up in life in general. Just look, everything's going wrong. I can't get anything figured out. Lord, I, I, I can't take this anymore. I give up. But somebody, it was a text, a call from somebody to say, hey, I was just thinking about you. you you're going to get past this. You're going to get through this. God has a, a purpose and a mission and a vision for your life. It was those words of blessing. And many of you could identify the same way. I had almost given up. I would almost let go. But there was a phone call. There was a pat on the shoulder. There was somebody that said, you're going to make it. You're going to get past this. God has purpose for your life. There were people when you were at the end of the rope, even um, relationally or things going on with your kids or your family, you were getting ready to just throw up your hands. But someone in your life said, no, God's got you. You're going to get past this. Acts of goodness. It's not enough to speak. We've got to do. There's some things we have to do. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Follow what's good. There's some things in life, i got to be honest with you, we don't have to pray about them. We know what the right thing to do is. When is it ever wrong to encourage somebody? When is it ever wrong to build somebody up? When is it ever wrong to say, hey, do you need a hand up? So there's things that are always good. And we have to realize that what we have is a life of hope. This walk with Jesus and with God is a life of hope. And my desire for this church, for Life City Church, is that when people walk through these doors and walk through the lobby or when they walk through our kids' area or even our parking lot, if you don't get anything, that you get Jesus and that you get hope. Because so many times, we just need someone to remind us that there's more for me than today. There's more for me than I've been through. I'm not defined by my past. How many of you have a past? <laughs> I have one. It's often, I always think it's funny when people criticize people for the past and things that they've been through because I was always told, you know, if you go to somebody's house, Every house has at least two closets, and if we open yours, what's in it? So we are not to criticize people for, for where they've been and identify them by the test that they've been through. See, we get so hung up, and we failed in the past, so we say, I'm a failure. We slipped up a couple times, so we say, I always mess up. No, you didn't. You slipped up a couple times. I don't want anybody to walk through these doors in Life City Church and feel like because they have failed or because they've messed up that God can't use them. Today's the day that we begin to mend the things of the past. And so as you close your eyes and just bow your heads for a few minutes, we want to just search our hearts.
this morning. What is it that keeps rewinding in your mind? What is it that the enemy keeps speaking to you that keeps you stuck right where you are? I don't know if you, you're like me, you had these seasons and these moments in your life. I feel like I just, I'm just stuck. I'm, I'm stuck. I want to get further, but I can't, can't get further. God, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm worn out. I know you love me. I know you have more for me, but I'm, I'm just stuck right here and I'm tired of it. As you search your heart, you might even be saying, Pastor, you, you know, I'm the one that you were talking about, that I, I have this secret struggle, this secret um, addiction that I just haven't been able to get past or get over. And we're going to pray for you today. You're not going to ask you to, to, you know, publicly identify yourself, but this is a moment right now, this special holy moment between you and God where he wants to do some interior work on you. You might say, Pastor, I'm the one I've been wounded in relationships. And I, I smile on the outside, but on the inside, I'm bitter. I don't trust anybody. I don't want anybody in my life anymore. I'm just good right where I am. God wants to set you free today, too. And you may have been the one that came in this morning, and honestly, you were hurt by church. Let me tell you two things. One, church didn't hurt you. The people in there did. But there's things, there's scars that you need to get free from today. And God wants to give you that moment to just search your heart and heal you. Because this is the day that it begins again. This is the day that it starts over for you again. This is the day that your heart begins to heal, your spirit begins to heal, and you begin to run hard in the direction that, of the vision that God has for your life. And so there are two groups of people that I want to pray for today. First of, you, first of all, you may be here and you're like, Pastor, I fit in one of those categories. I've been struggling internally. I've been struggling with the past, addiction, anything. Just slip your hand up quickly. Um, nobody's looking around. I just want to agree with you in prayer. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Believe in God. God bless you and you. All right. God is working in lives today. I want to make sure I pray for you. And the second group of people, very important, you, you're like, Pastor, I came in. Um, honestly, I, I, I don't have it all figured out, but I need to know what it is to have a relationship with you. Never actually had a real vital relationship with you. So, Lord, if, if you'll have me, and he will, I'll come. Slip up your hand. You've never received uh, Jesus, so you need to recommit to him today and that's you just slip your hand up god bless you amen 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 all over the room all right god bless you thank god thank god we're gonna we're gonna pray together i'm gonna pray for the first group of people and we're gonna pray together for those who lifted their hands to receive jesus today father i thank you for everyone who was open and even those who didn't lift their hands but they're they're struggling God, I pray that this would begin the healing process today, that they're past the wounds, the hurts. They begin to go and to flee today, Lord, and you set minds and hearts free 
set, set them ablaze, Lord, so that light the match of their hearts and renew and rekindle the vision that you have in their life. I command every, every addiction to be broken, every hurt to be healed, every wound to be mended. In the strong name of Jesus, I, can, I, I speak courage, I speak faith, I speak enthusiasm into the lives of your people today. And let's join in prayer together and repeating after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you. I'll say it like you mean it. Thank you for your son dying on the cross for my sins. Thank you for paying a price I could never pay to pay a debt that you didn't owe so that I might have life in you. I repent. I turn. Lord, help me. I may not always get it right, but help me. Lead me. Teach me. Guide me. Direct me. Jesus, sit on the throne of my life and be Lord. Thank you for victory. Thank you for freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and just clap your hands and celebrate those who made a decision to follow Jesus and those who are beginning to lay the past down. Now, before we go into our next part, I just I want to remind you, there are just people filled, sit here. They, they, these prayer warriors have been praying all week for you and for our services, and they're just filled with faith. And if you're here, and you just you need someone to, to just agree with you in prayer for absolutely anything. Um, they're here to serve you. Um, they're here to just agree with you. They're not going to get in your business or tell your business. They just want to believe God with you. So after we receive an offering, feel free to come and they'll serve you um, in prayer. And they'll join hands with you believing God to do miracles in any situation that you're trusting God for. So healing, freedom, anything. They, they're going to they're gonna pray with you today and just we're all going to believe God to do mighty things. How many of you love the word of God this morning? Let's just shout for Jesus. He's worthy of the praise. And as we, we close today, I want to remind you that those of you who want to be part of Next Steps or just hear about more about the vision of Life City Church, we will be right across the hall in about 10, 10 15 minutes or so. We'll begin there. Um, and so just come over there and just learn more about uh, Life City Church and, and how you can be a part of that and how we ended up here. If you came prepared to give, um, there's several ways you can give. There's a, a kiosk out there. If you prefer to write a check or give an envelope, you can just drop it in the kiosk on the way out. Or you can uh, give online at www.lifecityjacks.com slash give. Or you can text to give to the number that I have not memorized that's probably up there already. Can we just stand and celebrate Jesus um, and just give God a hand as we dismiss today? And our prayer warriors are here. Um, again, you're... You, you, after we pray, they'll be here to agree with you in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this service that you've given us. We thank you for the souls that have been saved and the healing that has begun in this place. I pray that a divine deposit uh, be placed in the lives of everyone who is here, that they would go and affect their neighborhoods, affect their jobs, affect their homes in a positive way for you as we take ground for Jesus today. And now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we ask or think, and the one who's able to keep us from falling, we give you all praise, 
glory and honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>